0: Welcome to this week's episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian, philosopher, and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. Now, last episode, I promised I would blow your mind with this episode, so let's just see how this goes. Uh, We've been dwelling on the subject of PR or public relations for the past several episodes, and we've been doing that for a couple of reasons. First of all, it is, as I'm sure you are discovering, a vital, vital subject when discussing administration and the handling of groups. And the second reason is so we could adequately cover what we're about to cover in today's episode. Again, all BusinessWise episodes are designed to stand on their own, and you will definitely benefit from this one. But if you've not heard the earlier episodes on the subject of public relations, uh, when you're done with this... I propose or suggest that you go back to the bonus episode we did a few weeks ago called Defining PR and then come forward from there, uh, episode by episode. And you might then want to re-listen to this one when you get to it to get the maximum benefit from it. But uh, again, as I said, uh, you will, you'll get plenty out of this, so just keep listening. All right. Uh, so as a quick review… Uh, what follows is a very comprehensive definition of public relations, which derives from several articles and lectures from Mr. Hubbard, actually. You'll recognize many of these definitions from uh, the earlier podcasts, wherein I give the date of the source, lecture, or article. But I'm going to give you this definition as a summary, and, and I'm going to read it to you slowly so you catch all aspects of it. There are some new aspects to it, so so pay attention. So public relations, defined by Mr. Hubbard as the social technology... Of handling, remember, technology is applied knowledge. So it's the social technology of handling and changing human emotion and reaction. So I'm going to break off for a second just to define that. So again, we defined that last episode, but human emotion reaction, or H E and R as we call it, are defined by Mr. Hubbard as the counter emotions and reactions which aberrated human beings express when they are guided towards survival objectives. So you're trying to get people to do survival things and they're all upset with you about it and they're in disagreement or they're frowning or they're rolling their eyes. You're dealing with human emotion and reaction. That's all. And we go into that a lot more detail in the last episode, which uh, where we defined as the primary barrier to production, actually. So it's an important subject. So, so again, let's take it from the top public relations the social technology of handling and changing human emotion and reaction. PR is a technique of communication of ideas. It is the art of making good works well-known, effective cause well-demonstrated. Now, what comes next is is very specific to this particular episode. I don't think we covered it earlier. Mr. Robert says, the duty and purpose of... Of a public relations man is the interpretation of top management policy to the different publics of the company. To advise top management so that policy, if lacking, can be set. To make the company its actions or products known, accepted, and understood by the different publics. And to assist the company to exist in a favorable operating climate so that it can expand, prosper, and be viable. Okay, so that's that's a pretty comprehensive definition, and we've introduced some different elements there. First of all, we use a term in here, which we have defined in earlier episodes, but not perhaps recently, which is the term public or publics. Now, it's very, very important that you understand publics as a specialized term used in public relations. Because if you don't get that that's it has its own definition as it's applied in public relations, you're going to miss the boat on this. So let's define it. So, so this is from uh, August of 1970, 13 August 1970. It says, there is a specialized definition of the word public, which is not in the dictionary, but which is used in the field of public relations. Public, quote unquote, is a professional term to public relations people. It doesn't mean the mob or the masses. It means type of. Of audience, so we're talking about publics. We're talking about types of audiences. So you may think of the public as your customers, or you might think of the public as the general public out there. But that's that's not the only definition of public. There are many, many, many different types of audiences. One of the types of audiences, for instance, for you as a manager or as a uh, founder of an enterprise. You have a public called your employees. That's a type of audience. And they will receive differently than your customers will. And amongst your customers are different publics. You have probably some of your publics are maybe older, some are younger, some are men, some are women. You can distinguish publics in many, many, many different ways, probably an infinite number of ways. And when you're talking about the broad general public, how many thousands of ways can you break up that grouping? You know, you've got different cultures, you've got different uh, age groups, as we mentioned, you've got different things that interest people, you've got athletes, you've got artists, you've got, and they're all different types of audiences. And so they're different public. I'm going to name a specific public that almost no one ever thinks of. As an employee, you have a public as well, because you have your own public relations department for yourself. If you don't believe that, Maybe that's why you keep getting booted around, I don't know. But you have a public, and that public is your boss. That's a public for you, okay? And how he receives or perceives you is dependent upon your use of public relations. Now, Mr. Robert also goes into, the, when he defines public, he says this, the thought or significance which the PR person is attempting to convey is called, quote, the message, end quote. The receipt points of the message are called, quote, publics, end quote. And there are many different publics. So remember, this is the science of ideas, or the technology of handling ideas. We're talking about public relations. That's that whole subject. So you've just learned two new terms, and that is public, which is a receipt point of what the idea that you're trying to convey. And the idea that you're trying to convey is technically called the message, quote, unquote. All right, you with me so far? The message is the idea that you're trying to instill in your public. For instance, if you're in natural health, chances are that not very many people are aware of what you do. You're a chiropractor, or an acupuncturist, or uh, maybe a holistic vet or something like that. And now you're trying to instill an idea, uh, an acceptance amongst the, you know, the animal-loving public, say, if we're talking about a holistic veterinarian that holistic health is a better approach to handling a sick pet than standard veterinary medicine. So that is, you're going to need a lot of PR. Uh, You know, in certain industries, you need more PR than others because some industries already have sort of a a PR out there uh, that has sort of been acquired over generations or the last, you know, several years or what have you, uh, not necessarily uh, instilled by the enterprise itself, but more uh perhaps by an association or the culture or the media like to push a certain message and then you've got industries that sort of ride along with that. You know, the medical profession has uh, you know, gone for a long, long ways on the general practitioner, you know, and the idea of using uh medications to solve illness uh is a very, you know, well PR'd. I mean, you see it everywhere you turn. It's it of course has its, I'm not invalidating, all medicine, I'm just saying it may not necessarily be the answer to everything, but that's certainly what a lot of people think of as the answer to everything when they're talking about health. They're thinking about go to the doctor, get a drug, or get something cut out. Then you might, you have different schools of thought on the subject. You've got chiropractors who say, No, wait a minute now, before we start chopping, let's start uh, uh, making adjustments to diet and the structure and musculature, and so forth. So there are different things, different schools of thought in this area of health, and the one that is most broadly accepted has had the benefit of the greatest amount of public relations. Let's put it that way. So if you're now getting something started that's pretty new, pretty avant-garde, uh, you're going to need this subject of public relations. Okay, we kind of digress a bit there, but I just want to make sure we're clear on this. Okay, now speaking of digression, I'm really going to do that now. I'm going to give you what might appear at first as a disrelated definition— but I want you to hang in there, and this is all going to come together. Okay, and that is the definition of the word. Ready for this? The word is coordination. Wow, what's that got to do with PR? Hang on. Mr. Hubbard defines coordination as combining in harmonious action or combination in suitable relation for the most effective or harmonious results. It does not mean ordering along with, quote-unquote. Before one orders into an organization, one should know what orders it is running on. And then he also defines uh, coordination as working in agreement together, that one from 1972. So coordination is an essential aspect to management. It's In fact, a lot of what management is doing is creating coordination, believe it or not. Now, to illustrate this, I want to go over how important this is for a body, okay? You watch a ballerina or a gymnast They have their, any athlete, any dancer, incredible coordination of their body parts, don't they? I mean, uh, and then you see people who sort of don't have very good coordination. They drop things. They stumble over themselves. They don't seem to be in control of their own two feet sometimes or their hands. Uh, talk about hand-eye coordination. They can't hit a ball or something or catch a ball. Well, that is uncoordination. That's a lack of coordination, but you see that in a body. But it's the same with an organization. In fact, what's the derivation of the word organization? It's derived from the word organ, Greek word, organon, which means implement, tool, bodily organ, musical instrument. So an organ, you know, you play the organ, you have organs in your body. Now, I want you to try to imagine a musical group that does not coordinate its instruments. It's got all these different organs, if you will, and they all go whenever they feel like it, and that is not music. That's what we call a cacophony, okay? And if you look at a band or listen to a band like that, and they're not tight, they're not coordinated, if you look at a body that's not coordinated, stumbling over itself, You may be thinking of some organizations or so-called organizations that you've looked at that are clearly out of coordination, like most governments, for example. Or maybe your own organization. Things are not smoothly, they're not combining in harmonious action. There isn't a combination and suitable relation for the most effective or harmonious results. Look at Mr. Hubbard's choice of words. He's talking about harmony, alignment, okay? So this idea of coordination is particularly well expressed by Mr. Hubbard from reference of uh, September 1982, wherein he states, quote, when all strengths and forces are aligned into a single thrust, a tremendous amount of power can be developed, end quote. Now you can see, okay, look, if we can get all of our organization, whether it's three employees, a thousand employees, let's get everybody aligned into a single thrust, a tremendous amount of power can be developed. And that makes sense. I mean, you can see it in, uh, uh, for instance, you can watch a tug-of-war. You can see, you know, one team obviously should win because everybody's big and bulky, but the other team is far more coordinated, and you can you can watch these guys lick the bigger team because they're better coordinated. They're more aligned. They, they pull together. Okay. Okay. So, it makes sense then for your organization or company or any group to coordinate or achieve coordination. Okay, so we're going to connect some dots here, but before I do that, I'm going to define one more term from the Harvard Management System, a very important one, and one we will be discussing a lot more in the near future, and that is the term admin scale, short for administrative scale, which is a scale for use, which gives a sequence and relative seniority of Subjects relating to organization, and then he gives examples. Goals, purposes, policy, plans, etc. Programs. These things all have to line up. You can't have a goal over here that sends you one direction and then have a program that sends you in a different direction. You couldn't have a goal to, let's say you have a personal goal of becoming a champion gymnast, and then you have a purpose to stuff your face with as much pizza as possible, These two things don't line up on your personal admin scale. So, you might want to revisit your purposes. You might want to revisit your program. I've got a program here to uh, watch as much TV as I can. That doesn't align with a goal to be a professional anything. So, you can see how an admin scale can work for a person. It can also work for a group. Okay. I'm throwing you a lot of data today. I know that, which I don't like to do. But what we're covering is important. So let's get down to brass tacks. So I'm covering this now from an article, the 24th of September, 1988 from Mr. Hubbard. And its title is actually it was originally a briefing from Mr. Hubbard on the 12th of September, 1982, similar uh, to the date I gave you for the discussion of alignment into uh, a single thrust. He's obviously exploring the subject at this point. He says here, it is a considerable interest that the primary failure of management has been isolated. Wow. What's he going to tell us now? He's going to tell us the primary failure of management has been isolated. Pay attention. This discovery has a lot to do with PR work and is important to them. The admin scale, which we mentioned, is the basic policy here. Numerous programs written by management reveal a singular fact. The purpose of the program would not have been achieved by the targets written, and the purpose written in, in some way, was off the wall. Also, management at this time cannot seem to grasp, quote, coordination, end quote. Now listen to this. Common denominator of all these things is at the top of the admin scale. It is purpose. Programs are written to achieve a purpose. To coordinate, one must have a purpose to coordinate to. How about that? I'm going to read that over. To coordinate, one must have a purpose to coordinate to. Okay, so we're trying to create the single thrust. We're trying to get everyone united behind what? What is it that we're trying to get all our energies, You know, 2,000 employees or 5 million people in a country? How are we going to get these guys to get something done? We give them something to coordinate around, to align to, and that something is a purpose. Very, very, very important. And if you ask yourself right now, what is the purpose of my organization or my group, and you can't, bam, spot it just like that, word it just like that, you know you've got one of the big reasons why your company is not expanding the way that it should. He says, uh, a primary function of a PR is to make known, enhance, and forward the purposes of management. How about that? I bet you didn't think that was a job of PR. Now, let us consider the plight of PR who is not serving someone who has a real purpose. The PR would be adrift and into forwarding an emptiness. See, it's it's the purpose that you rally around. You need to have such a clearly defined purpose. It could very well be one of the biggest barriers to your expansion that that purpose has not been defined. Now, I've heard this term mission you know, statement and all this other what have you. That has no place in this, okay? A mission statement is a mission statement. That That is something different, so don't confuse them and don't think because, okay, i got to work on my mission statement. Work on the statement of your purpose. Mission statement, by the way, came into use in the 60s, long after LRH, Mr. Hubbard, was talking about purposes and organizations. So one can assume, since much of Mr. Hubbard's work has permeated the general business community, this is just another example of that. So everybody was running around in the 80s trying to figure out their Their mission statement. Okay. Scrap that. Don't confuse them. Purpose is purpose. Get a purpose statement for your business. Okay. And for your group. So he says, but let us consider a PR trying to work with or put an image into a group in the absence of purpose. That as you can easily see would be grim. A PR to get cooperation would have to be forwarding some agreed upon purpose. Okay. So if you're a public relations person, you're trying to get some PR going the first thing you're going to need to figure out is, what's the purpose? And you might have to start asking around to find out what the purpose is. You know, what will you guys think the purpose is? What do you think the purpose is? That's part of the art and technology of being a PR. He says here, so when it comes down to an overriding rule for PRs, the first step in any PR campaign is to ding in the purpose of the campaign. The words ding in are used advisedly. In other words, it was chosen carefully. We do not care if the targets from whom we are requesting cooperation have any purpose at all. So, hey, you might have a bunch of guys, look, I know why I'm here. I just want to get well paid. Yeah, I understand that. But this is the purpose of our company. Our purpose is to rehabilitate and educate our patients so that they have achieved full knowledge and health and how to keep themselves healthy throughout their lives or something along those lines, right? You've got to statement, that's a pretty clumsy wording of a purpose. You should make it very crystal clear, but nonetheless, it is a purpose. So if you have that kind of a purpose for your organization and the guy's there with a purpose only to make a paycheck or to pass the time or to talk to the girls there, or whatever it is, you can say, well, uh, we've got this purpose. You agree with that purpose, don't you? And they kind of go, well, yeah, of course I do. Well, good. Then let's get on with it. Uh, your post aligns to that purpose because you're supposed to be answering the phones and directing people in a friendly fashion so that they all get properly educated and get healthy. or Whatever it is, you align every action of that organization to that fundamental purpose of your organization. And the job of the public relations guy, whether it's you or somebody you delegate that to, is to ding in that purpose, make everybody track with it. I mentioned uh, asking people. And one of the best things to do in terms of establishing your statement of your purpose is to survey people. We did a whole, you can look for the earlier episode on surveys, vital, vital piece of uh, Hubbard management. I think that's back in volume one quite quite early on. But Mr. Hubbard says a survey finds what buttons a group has, what they will accept. One can also survey trial purpose to find out what communicates. But one is not limited by what a group accepts. Most groups are far below purposes. So, you know, they may not have any reality of a purpose. But as you survey around, you go, well, first of all, you want to talk to yourself. You want to get your own purpose. Why did I create this organization? But your statement of a purpose may not rally your troops. So that's why you want to survey. What do you think the purpose of the, our group is? What do you think the purpose of our organization is? Ask your customers. What do you see? What brings you here? What do you see about us that's different? Uh, how would you describe the purpose of our organization? You want to survey for purposes and you want to do some tweaking and get this right so that you say our purpose is to provide safe and appropriate transportation to all of our customers. You could say that might be the purpose of a used car lot, you know, safe, economical transportation that satisfies the needs of the customer, something along those lines. That's our purpose. You can check it out with people, say, well, yeah, no, I think it's more or less to, aren't we just trying to get as much money for these pieces of junk around here as we can? No, that's not our purpose. If you're operating off that purpose, Mr. Salesman, you're going to be very bad for this company. You know, what kind of a purpose would you like to see for a used car lot? I'd like to see guys who you know are honest and you know truthful about things and really assess the needs of the customer. Great. So that's you know, let's say our purpose is somewhere along those lines, you know, to be uh, truthful and informative with our customers and make sure they get the right vehicle for their needs at a price that is reasonable. That's not a bad statement for a used car lot, probably. A used car lot that was operating on a purpose like that, where every employee is working on that purpose and is tracking with that purpose, that's been dinged in. Even if they're a crook, but they get they get this particular purpose dinged in, they wouldn't even think about it because they know if they do that, they're operating off that team purpose line. And suddenly you've got a bunch of criminals maybe that are actually pulling together, as has happened before. You, know, you can get a, a galvanizing purpose that can make uh, – dishonest men, you know, honest, at least with respect to that particular group, they wouldn't think of betraying. It. It's happened before. You know, Mr. Hubbard talks about commanding ships where, you know, many of these guys had records when they came aboard, you know, when they during the second world war, they were getting guys out of prisons and putting them on deck. You know, how do you get that kind of a group to pull together? He's telling you how with PR and purpose. Now I'm going to give you this punchline. Okay. Which is such a beautiful statement. I love the statement. And I want you to learn this thoroughly. And and I'm just as this is an invitation to learn a lot more about the subject, but listen to this. Mr. Arberts says a PR skilled in the developing and handling of purposes can get almost anything moving. It can be the quote long enough lever to move the world, end quote. How about that? You ever look at this overwhelming amount of things that need to be handled in your in your environment, in your company, in your in your group, in society? How do we How do we shift all that? Public relations purpose it's the long enough lever to move the world. And he goes on to say, all PR campaigns that fail did so because they omitted this step, and those that really succeeded had great purposes behind them, well stated and dinged. In. Okay, there you go. That's the punchline. I thought you might dig that. And um, hopefully that blew your mind. I know it, it continues to blow mine every time I read it. And it does give the solution to so many things. Learn public relations, study it, and use it, and use it along with purpose, which is your first step. Let's get the PR, let's get the purpose stated that everyone can agree with, that everyone can get behind. Even volunteer organizations that are notoriously slack can get behind it and get extremely busy, make huge sacrifices for purposes that they believe in, with or without recompense or reward. Think about all the people that sacrifice their lives for an idea. They have a purpose, and that purpose has been dinged in, whether it's just to, you know, defeat the Nazis or whatever it is. There's some purpose that rallies and aligns and creates this incredible single thrust and almost anything can be achieved with that. Okay, good. Well, there you go. Uh, it's really an introduction. There's probably a lot more to learn about this, but now, you know, the big secret of how to move the world. Uh, thank you for listening. We will be talking again next week. If you have any successes from listening to these, uh, episodes, I would appreciate comments, likes, and of course, write us at info at Thank you for listening.